Alrighty, everybody, you already know who it is. You probably don't, but now you do. This is episode nine, live from the Stick Sports. I'm your host, Stevie J. And I'm Gabe. And today we actually have two special guests with us. If you want to introduce yourselves. What's up? Um Cam, Cammy, Cameron. Oh. This is this is Toby. Oh, yes, sir. We got the whole crew today. <laughs> the group of four is about to be like a legit sports center right here. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so uh, we got some great topics, as always. And starting out, let's, let's go ahead and get the first one out of the way. So we got KD and the Nets. What a crazy situation. Yes. So basically, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping someone would take over while I was swallowing spit, but I guess not. <laughs> so, so basically, basically, KD, you know, is is being KD, and he said that he wants out of the Nets, and he apparently met with, I think it was the owner, the yes. general, I think it was the owner, and he said, "Look, it's either me or Steve Nash and the GM." What, what do you guys think about this? How do you feel? Send him down the road. I agree. I hundred percent agree. I agree. <laughs> Look, he's just he's always just the biggest pain to every organization he's in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's on the Warriors. He had confrontations with Draymond. Uh, him and Russ never got along. And even with Kyrie Irving and James Harden for what little bit of time he was there, they still couldn't get anything done. Bunch of divas. Sit him down the road. Get paid. <laughs> I think if you're the Nets, you just set yourself up for the following years trying to get some compensation. I mean, I agree. I think I, the biggest package I've seen recently was the Pelicans were preparing a package with uh, Brandon Ingram and a couple picks. If uh, if y'all were the Nets front office, y'all taking that? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Absolutely not. For real. I take I, it. I, I, think I was going to say I take it immediately. Look, look, look. Brandon Ingram is a great guy, great player. I think if you're Nets, guy. I, think if, I, think, I think if you're going to if you're trading with the Pelicans, if you're not getting Zion, then you're wasting your time. That's a fair point, but realistically, I mean they're not going to trade Zion. They're, the Pelicans might have been the only team that would have been as patient with him because apparently, you know, I think Gabe and I have talked about this before, but rumors yeah. were that he was um, he was healthy the last month of the season and he wanted to play, and the Pelicans said, "Hell no." Yep. You sit your ass on the bench, and we're going to just wait till next year. Smart. So, I mean, I, I agree. It probably is the right thing to do overall. It's annoying as a fan yes. to, when you're trying to watch because you just want to watch the guy, especially if he thinks he's ready. Yes. But at the end of the day, if the organization says no and you're paying this guy, you're, you've committed already, I think, 50 mil to him, and then with this new contract, 200-something, nah. nah sit, sit your butt down. It'll well, look, here, my, yeah. take is, my take is that, look, you got – you let him miss the last little bit of this season, mm-hmm. okay, to avoid him getting re-injured potentially. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a fan, you know, I'm obviously a little bummed. If I'm going to the games, you know, I don't get to see him. That's what I pay to go see, you know. But I think in the long run, the fans would be happy that they're making conscious decisions like that with him to yeah, allow great. them to allow him to have a lengthy career so they can actually come and watch him healthy instead yeah. of him playing half-ass, you know. I'm trying mean, to avoid yeah. re-injury. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, so question for everyone then. If so, Toby, I know you said you wouldn't take it. Cam and Cam and Gabe, why would you take it? Cam, um, you want to take this one? Yeah, personally, 
is is big of a okay. I know Kevin Durant is you know when healthy, top top three player in the league most likely. Yeah. I mean he's Easily. he's one of the best. He's most prolific scorer ever, just about. Yep. But I I can't stand him. I, I was not surprised at all when I saw that he requested the trade. I was like, well, you know, it's what he does. He yep. if he can't do something, he wants out immediately. And I would send him down the road in a heartbeat. I mean. Is it like two, three first rounds? I mean, what is like? Is that... I think it was three when I saw it. Yeah, I would take three first rounds, and they can keep Brandon Ingram. Honestly, like I, you would take. I just love Brandon three. Ingram. I mean, dude, he's he's just a pain. And I mean, as far as I know, he wanted um, Steve Nash and Sean Marks. That see that okay? That's what I thought. I thought he was the you know main person that said no. I want Steve Nash, and I know part of the reason they got him too is because Steve Nash is very apparently calm as a coach so they wanted him for um Kyrie as well yeah but also my thing is you look at this team who the hell put this team together like I mean why do you have Kyrie KD and Ben Simmons on the same team arguably if if it was to work it would be a great team like just player wise but personality wise you can't even have you know one of those guys in a locker room is tough you've got three of the biggest personalities in the entire league on one team Yep. And you and you had Harden before that. Exactly. And you had Harden as well. And the like, crazy I, thing is Harden with what he did with the Philly uh the Phillies. Woo! The Sixers um basically saying, "No, I want you to pay everyone else and then just give me the leftovers." I mean, Harden's Harden's doing what I think yeah. KD and Kyrie should have done. Just like, "You know, yeah, I, I just want to win." So, I'm kind of kudos to him, but it's also showing that, you know, Harden was not the issue in Brooklyn. Well, yeah. Look, I think I think the only way that you take the Pelicans trade is if you're trading Kyrie Irving as well. I think if they get, if you trade the Pelicans and get two or three first rounds, um, <clears throat> that's a lot. You can do a lot with that. You can make some really good draft drafts and um, turn turn the team around in a matter of a couple of years, probably. But I think the only way you could you really do that is if you. Um, I mean, I guess potentially you could build around Kyrie, but I think mm-hmm. he wants out. Um, I don't think he'll be there next year either. Yeah. Um, and I think you just try and build around Ben Simmons. I guess you could do. I mean, he he obviously can't shoot very well, but he's nope. he's big. He can pass a little bit. Um, and he's one of the best defenders in the league. At yeah, the end he's of the day. good Whether defender, you like him or not, I, which I don't. But he is a great defender. Yeah, and I think you just build. I think you just try and build, get a little bit of shooting around him, let him pass, let him get the ball around, spread the floor, and I don't who they got. Do they have Blake Griffin and uh, Blake Griffin still and DeAndre Jordan? Does they have Blake either? Griffin still. So I think DeAndre Jordan may have signed somewhere else. But here's the sure. other issue, though. <laughs> so you got Ben Simmons on that team as well, but apparently they wanted him to f- play the fourth um, playoff game against the Celtics, and he left the team group chat. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I mean, what what are they doing over there? So it's not only you know this topic was supposed to be just KD and the Nets, but just bringing KD into it. I mean, it's it's at a point I, where they got to trick. If the I was Nets. them, yeah, I mean, it's the Nets. At the end of the day, it is the Nets. But yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to trade all three guys. You know, I would trade. I would do some like four team trade. I would try to get a lot of guys that other teams are trying to offload. I would rather have Kobe White, Colin Sexton, Donovan Mitchell. All three of those guys, they all play the one or two, but shoot, screw it. <laughs> we'll make it work. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. If you can trade Ben Simmons and get somebody who is better than Ben Simmons, 
I mean, do it all day long. I mean, I think mm-hmm. if you can get it, if you can trade and get and give up a little bit and uh, get a Donovan Mitchell, I think that's a great move. I don't think Donovan Mitchell would sign there. I don't think he would. I don't either. think he. I don't think he plays think he for the money. For the Knicks. I think he plays for the. I think he plays for the. Uh, I mean, he's a for, the, for the legacy. He clearly, yeah, <laughs> he clearly doesn't care too much about the money and the fame, you know. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, it's a lot of different situations that could go down. But I think if you're the Nets, you you want to get rid of them. Yeah. The best case scenario, how do y'all see it playing out? I see them. I see them probably keeping Ben Simmons and trading Kyrie and Katie. Okay. Cam. Yeah, me too. Okay. Well. The way I personally see it is I think if I'm Steve Nash, I'm going to the general manager and I'm knocking on his door probably tonight. And I'm like, why is all this stuff getting out in the media? Number one. And number two, like, are you going to fire me? And if you're going to fire me, then I want, I want you to go ahead and trade KD right now for a bag of potato chips. Because <laughs> here's here's the thing, Steve Nash. I I watched him play in the NBA a little bit at the mm-hmm. twilight of his career, and he's the type of guy that he's very calm and cool and collective, and he was a great point guard for a long time. Yep. But he's also got that inner dog in him that you know when he does something, he does it lock, stock, and barrel to the best of his ability. Yep. And I think Steve Nash really does believe that he can be a good NBA head coach. And if that's the case, I think like he should be too. If, if that's the case, like if, if he really believes in himself, then he needs to, he needs to tell the general manager, of the nets, like, look, we've got, we've got to blow this thing up and we've got to build this thing the right way. Yep. Now with that being said, I think the longer you don't trade Kevin Durant and you don't trade Kyrie Irving, the less you're going to get. I mean, yep. for obvious it's, it's, it's going to end up the Jimmy G situation all over. Exactly. Again. Yeah, it's going to be the Jimmy G situation all over again, where everybody knows that. Look, this guy's on borrowed time. You know, we're not. You know, we're not going to. He's not in our long term plans, and you know, you're not going to get anything for him. So, I think probably now is like the opportune time to go ahead and just rip the bandaid off and get it done. Yep. Because, man, I mean, I love Kevin Durant from a business perspective, and I love his game from a basketball perspective. But as a teammate, he's not a great teammate. Like, that's that's just what it is. And it's the same thing with Kyrie. He's just not a great teammate. So, yeah. I, think, I think they're great players. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think they do need to blow it up. And you know what? I'd trade Ben Simmons, too. Because he doesn't he doesn't fit today's NBA brand of basketball. Like, he can't shoot threes. And he's essentially a guard that can't shoot yeah. threes. Like, I don't care how good he is at defense. Like, that just doesn't fit what you need to be able to execute on offense. Like the Nets have a ton of paper on talent, but just going to throw some statistics out statistics out there for some people. Last okay. year they were 14th in wins, um, they were 15th in Pythagorean wins. So the coaching wasn't the issue. Like mm-hmm. from a Pythagorean win loss, which is essentially how many points you scored versus how many points you gave up, they were pretty much right in line with where they should have been. Yep. So it wasn't the coaching that was the problem. It was the fact that the players just weren't executing properly, either on defense or offense. Like, that's that's what it was at the end of the day. I mean, Kevin Durant played 50 games, and you had um, Patty Mills, who played 81. Like, how does Patty freaking Mills play more games than your superstars? Like, <laughs> that's all I'm Patty, saying. Because Patty has to play for his contract. That's the difference. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I guess that's what it is. But my point is, is like, you know, you're not going to win anything with these bums. So go ahead and ship them. Last thing thing I'm going to say about this, regardless, it's the freaking Nets. Nobody gives a shit about the Nets. The Nets have always been a poverty organization. I mean, you're not necessarily wrong. I mean, you might as well just trade everybody away and fail at rebuilding. uh, It won't be the first time. I mean, I mean, basically, the, I think the only time I remember the Nets being solid, and correct me if this guy wasn't on the Nets, was when they had Darren Williams or Deron. Yeah. However, yeah. I think it's Darren. Yeah, it's Darren. Yeah, you're right. They were decent. But that, that's the only time where I think they, I think they made the playoffs and they were like relatively decent. And the, uh, I, I just don't know what the heck. I, they're in a position now, though, where if they actually believe in their GM and they believe in Steve Nash, which I think they should, yeah. then. They, they've got everything to lose basically here. I mean, they could legitimately get at least seven first round picks between out Kyrie, of three guys. Yeah, yeah, between yeah. Kyrie, um, Ben Simmons, and KD, they could think, definitely get seven first round. They, need, they think, need to do the OKC strategy and just bomb yeah, it, yeah, which yeah. stinks. But I mean, you look at OKC, and the OKC is where the Hawks were three years ago. Yeah, and look at the Hawks; they're a playoff team. Exactly. I think, I think that the Suns should. Acquire Kevin Durant. I think I think the Suns might be the only place where one that he's actually interested in, and two the coach can actually handle him. Yeah, and I, I think, think Monty will punch him in the freaking face. I think I think <laughs> if I think if the Nets were to fire Steve Nash, I think he would have a coach job next year. Regardless, oh, yeah. I think I oh. think he's a good enough coach that I think. He will be picked up. Somebody who is a GM who is looking. For a head coach, I think would not hesitate to hire Steve Nash. Probably right, and not yeah. only that, but it's like who want who wants to walk into that fiasco of a situation in Brooklyn? I mean, like somebody really? desperate for a coaching job. Yeah, and it's not going to get any better. Nope, it's not. If you go to the Nets to coach, you're stay for a paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I think we've about beat this topic to death, though. I was going to say, I was about to say that, so. I think that kind of covers it. Nets, we hope you get out of it, but, you know, the writing's on the wall. Next <laughs> next topic, we got Gabe's favorite player, um, <laughs> Aaron Judge. <laughs> he said, why, why are you coughing? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said facts? <laughs> he said trash. Oh, tra- dang. Okay. So, Aaron. Aaron Judge. Ooh. Okay. This would be an interesting topic. All right, you two um, trolls. Knock it off. <laughs> all right. So, Aaron Judge. Has 45 home runs as of right now. I don't know if they play today, and even if they do, they're probably not playing right now. So 45 as of today. I think the record is what, like 71, 73? 73. 73. By Bonds. He currently, by Bonds, he's currently on track for about 63. I think it's 65. 65. 65. It's a lot of home runs. He knows, man. And he's going to, oh, yeah. And he's going to, he's on track to break the Yankees record. Mm-hmm. And maybe even Bonds' record. How do y'all feel about this? Is he going to get it done? What's the Yankees' record? Uh, 61 Six- by Roger yeah. Maris in 1961. Possible. I think it's definitely possible he could hit 61. That's. Do you think he's going to break Bonds' though? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. Nobody ever will. No, this nope. is this is my question. Is Does Bonds' count the postseason or just regular season? Just regular season. Oh. Ooh. How many games are there left? Like 50, right? Yeah, they've played 112, and it's 162, so, yeah, yeah 50. about 50, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, that's only hitting about 60, you know, 
60% of the games you're hitting. Oh, that's a lot. I don't, I don't, I don't, I got a little bit of hot take. I think if he hits, I don't think he'll hit 70 home runs or even, I don't think he'll hit 65 home runs in the regular season or the postseason to combine. If you combine, combine them, I, don't I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he'll hit 65. Wow. Well, if the Yankees keep playing like they are um, right now, then maybe not. But who, who are, who they have left to play? Uh, that's, that's, a good, that's a good that's a good question. I'll I'll work on that, Cameron. Um, okay. But just I mean, if it's if it's a bunch of really good teams with some good good bullpen, they're gonna have I to mean, play the Red Sox down the stretch. So I mean, they're like a 500 club right now. But um, I so, personally think that Judge is gonna break Maris's uh, Yankee record, but it's too. Man, I, what a lot of people don't realize is baseball is a long season and it takes a toll on the body. And now the fact that Judge doesn't really have any help because everybody's getting hurt with the Yankees right now, he's going to feel the pressure to like just to win ball games, to hit home runs. Like, I think I think he's going to be lucky if he honestly, I think he's going to be lucky if he breaks Maris's record. And I know he's on pace for 65, but man, like it's a long season and all it takes is one bad swing and his season's over, you know. Well, That's I got true. the I got their schedule right here if you want to know the remaining teams. Yeah. So they yeah. so they got they got the they got the Red Sox actually their next series. Yeah. Uh which starts tomorrow. Uh then they have they'll play the Rays, the Blue Jays, uh the Mets, the Athletics, the Angels, the Rays again, Twins, the Rays again, uh Red Sox, Brewers, Pittsburgh. Red Sox again, Blue Jays again, Orioles, and then their final series is the Rangers. Yeah, it's a stiff yeah. competition. That's yeah, a really stiff tough. competition. Yeah, yeah. You got, you got, you still have to play the Brewers again. Mm-hmm. Let's see, the Rays have a good, team. pretty good bullpen. Yeah, the Rays, the Rays, and the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays. Yeah, the only team I heard there that was semi decent or that. Would be kind of like a walk, it, and I'm already forgetting which one. The Pirates, yeah, but they got they look, they got the Mets for two games, and they're probably going to see Scherzer or DeGrom. Yeah, they if might see both, both. Yeah. or both. They might see both. Pennant, yeah, that that's going to depend on where the race with Atlanta is. Honestly, yeah. Blue Jays I think, you got Gosman and Manoa. Yeah, golly, I think realistically, if Judge is going to have any kind of legitimate shot at getting to 73 mm-hmm. here's the series is that he's gonna have to make hay he's gonna have to get some big hits against the red Sox. so yep and and yep. the two series is that they play the red Sox, or the three series he plays the red Sox. realistically he's probably gonna have to hit four or five home runs in those series alone, like mm-hmm. combined and then um the yankees aren't necessarily going to need him to step up against the a's but you got to figure that he's got to hit at least one or two home runs in those four games just to stay on the pace. So that's going to be what seven home runs between those uh, four or five series. And then, you know, if you really want to, if you really want to get technical about it, when they play the pirates, like I'd expect him to hit at least one, hopefully two in those games because their bullpen's bad. So that's going to be like nine. So that puts him at 54. And then you've got, Texas, which that's actually going to be nice to play the Rangers and their bad pitching. So if he can get a couple, maybe three in that four game series against the Rangers, then that puts him around 58. And then even then, like that, that's a solid couple of months right there worth of home runs. And 
Like, I don't know, man. If he can just average one home run a series from there, I think that's another, like, six or seven series. Isn't that so they have they have 16. They have 16 total series left. Yeah, and that's – yeah, that's 66 home runs, which is not – or, no, that's not 66. That's 61. 61, yeah. 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 So So if he hit one home run a series, he'd tie the record, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, he would tie Maris's uh, Yankee record. Yeah, that's what I said. So he's going to have to average like two, almost at least two, probably home runs a series. To, yeah, you know, one and almost, a half. Almost, almost yeah. one and a half. Yeah. yeah, I think to beat the balance. It's a big ass. That's big a tall ass. task. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to think, bro. Okay, if they actually pitched to Bonds that year, yeah, he that's the crazy he would, part. He would have. He would have hit triple digits. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Like they walked him so many times. They walked him with the bases loaded. Yeah. Like <laughs> who does that? Like come they on. Out for the Diamondbacks, they won that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, but like when you're that much of a threat, like that you would rather just give up the one point because you know four's coming instead. Yeah. Like it's real. just insane. Like yeah. I don't. And nobody's I, doing I, that to judge this year. You know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's good I of think... the season he's having. Nobody's nobody's doing it to him. I think the only team that could would maybe be the Mets. It's going to be like a playoff. It's a team where it w- it'll make or ba- break their playoff run. Yeah. So if I was a pitcher and, you know, it's freaking the ninth inning, Judge walks, comes up, and there's no one on base, even if there's one guy on base, I'm going to be like, nah, just go ahead and walk. Yeah. <laughs> like, just walk. Well, especially now because he doesn't have any protection in the lineup exactly. right now. Nothing yeah, against yeah. the rest of the Yankee hitters. So, like, Stanton is hurt. He's out. He's yeah, out to at least hurt. the 16th. Yeah. So, it's like – that's his protection right there, you know? Yeah. But I think also everyone being hurt might actually be a blessing in disguise to him because it, I think it's going to – I honestly think this record is going to come down more to his mindset because he seems to stay in pretty good shape. He does. Um, So I think it's going to come down to is he going to be able to take the pressure of New York and all that. And it's really going to – we're really going to see, you know, what he's made of once he hits about 55 because I think yeah. he's going to hit 55 yeah. – I think once that happens, if he doesn't hit one in the next three games after he's gotten to fifty-five, then he there's no way Look, he breaks it. You got it. You yeah. got to think. Look, he's playing. They got sixteen series left. You got to mm-hmm. think he's gonna sit a couple games, mm-hmm. at least yeah, one. At least one every couple series. I mean, it's a it, bit. It's the end of the season. And they're going to make a play. They're going to try and make That's a playoff run. About. about winning championships. And yeah. th- you got to think. How? I mean, obviously, you want to see him break the record. Sure. But you got to think if you're if you're a Yankees in the if you're if you're that organization you got to think I mean is it worth him trying to break the record no. or do we want to win a championship we want to win a championship yeah, you they win don't a give a shit about his record yeah. I think I think the only thing with that you know I'm this is always how this goes I just play devil's advocate one of us plays devil's advocate the whole time but I think the only <laughs> thing with that is I think near the end of the season if he's getting close to it and they start sitting him. He might say, okay, well, I want – well, fans are going to riot, but I think he's also going to say, okay, well, I want my, you know, huge contract right now because yeah. if I break it, I'm definitely getting it. Yeah. But well, if I don't, it then y'all might trip on it. His OPS plus well, is too I know, but I'm – no, I think he definitely is going to get it, but I think he wants to stay with the Yankees. And I could see the Yankees being stubborn and be like, no, walk. We'll find another one. It's like, yeah, okay. It's uh, yeah, you probably yeah. will in five years, but – they're well one. The right now, as of right now, they're one game behind the Astros for the number one seed in the American League. Yeah. So Jeez. I mean, if it comes down to them trying, if they, it depends how much they want that first place spot. Well, I mean, if you win your who gets the bye week? 
Well, so here, here's how it works. So you win your division, right? And then mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about playing that first like weekend with the wild card. Okay. Yeah. The wild card teams, that's really what you want to avoid. If you win your division, you're fine. Yeah. You know, now you do have to play if you're the number two team in the American League, you're going to have to play um, the uh, number three division winner. So there's that to deal with, right? But um, from my own personal perspective, it doesn't really matter all that much to me whether or not you finish first in the American League or second in the American League or third in the American League, just as long as you win your division. Like, that's what your main your main concern should be. Yeah. Well, we know, um, unless it changed, but, I mean, they already set Nestor for, like, the rest of the year, didn't they, until playoffs? Uh, or is he, did he come back? I know he was he pissed pitched, off about he it. He pitched uh, the other night. I think it was Okay. Last. So then maybe he just – because I know he was mad. He was like, I, yeah. I'm ready to go, and then they put him on IL. Yeah, and he was like, "For real?" I, no, yeah. that was uh, that was Severino. That was Severino. Oh, Sev. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay, but so Sev is out until yeah, Sev, Sev's out until further September. Notice. Okay, yeah. but apparently he he claims he's ready to go, but yeah. they want to save him, right. which so understandably. The Yankees are definitely they're they're definitely more worried about winning a championship. Exactly. This team this team has been championship dry since two thousand nine. I mean this this team needs to win a World Series some kind of bad to just calm the fan base down yeah i don't think wow. they could be i don't think they can beat the astros in a seven game series i think i'm not this segment isn't about the yankees beating the astros this is about, we'll talk about, about we'll talk about it another time then. yeah another time we talk about that after the podcast i got my thoughts about it too but I might have everyone get pissed off. <laughs> so, uh, just game. Uh, just game, probably. I, mean, I, think, I think the Yankees are championship caliber, and I think if they want to have any chance at it, they have to keep Judge as healthy as possible. And I you're think right. his record don't mean shit. Yeah, Toby, you're definitely right, man. I've, no arguments here, man. Yeah. Well, I think I think that just about covers this topic, though. So yeah, we, all kinda think, we all kind of think – we all kind of think – I mean, he might, he might not, but probably not. It's like yeah. – Eighty-five percent chance he won't. Fifteen percent chance he does. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The Yankees just want to win. Yeah. So, all right. Now this third topic is more going to be y'all leading it, and I'll say some comments here and there. So it's our, our fantasy football league. We all yes, sir. <laughs> we uh we made a fantasy football league, and we're going to be playing for the for my first time ever with defensive players. Yes. So What what exactly my, is this going to be? My first entail? time as well. Oh, there you yeah, go. All right. Yeah, Toby everybody. Yeah, everybody in the league. Yeah, everybody. All of us first time playing with defensive players. Word. First time. Word. Okay. All right, cool. Cameron. Let's uh let's break down uh the general rules to to our league. Me and Cameron kind of. Well, Cameron really did all the groundwork, but you know, it was one of those things where. I was. I like the app we're using. It looked cool. Yeah. So go ahead, Cameron. Let, lay it out there for the for the listeners. All right. Um. Well, going off of what Steven said. Yeah, we're using Sleeper. Um which I didn't really know existed. I've seen like screenshots of people and I never knew, like, I'm like, what app is that? Never seen it. But um, yeah, I saw that it was like a lot of people were raving about it. So I was like, we're going to try it. But so far it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, it's just a 10 team league PPR and then uh, individual defensive players still working out how many of each. But um, as far as offensive scoring, pretty basic full PPR but um, oh, nice. defensive scoring, we're uh, kind of undecided on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of uh, 
DBs are practically worthless as far as I can find. <laughs> Unless you're a safety that gets tackles, but linebackers are they're probably going to put up some points just from tackles alone. Probably. But uh <laughs> but no, um actually Gabe, I saw somebody I saw a video earlier <laughs> of a guy and it made a lot of sense, honestly. He was saying how he likes to compare the like offensive fantasy positions with defensive ones. Right. So he was saying how he views linebackers and edges technically mm-hmm. um, as running backs. Like they're okay. guaranteed to get you your points every week. Yeah. Sometimes they can boom, but most likely it's just a shitload of tackles all the time. Right. Yeah. So you're guaranteed points. And then he was saying how DBs are closer to like wide receivers, not mm-hmm. corners though, just because corners just don't get as many tackles. Right. Compared to like a safety that can sit in the box or whatever. Yeah. He said those are close because a safety could boom. Like he could get two interceptions in a game and you're sitting pretty. And then uh, he said like D line is closer to like tight end. Yeah. More of like it's a safe bet, but like generally the boom isn't crazy. Mm-hmm. But you're you're still going to get those tackles as like an interior guy if that's who you're using or whatever. Right. But so that made a lot of sense to me personally. But um, I don't know what your take is so yeah i i think it makes a lot of sense from the you know just a standard idp um scoring perspective but what is idp i've been wondering that this whole time. individual, individual defensive, defensive player, player. Oh. Yeah. Mm, yeah okay so um i think all that does make sense from like a traditional uh idp scoring system perspective but you know as we have seen uh on the internet with the limited research we've done in the last handful of days there's a lot of room for improvement, I think, in this area. Um, we have probably invested Cam- – Cameron and I both have invested just in conversation at least a, probably three or four hours of our time alone just um, look, just looking into how we – you know, what these changes that we potentially would like to make, um, how that's going to affect uh, the value of certain positions and whatnot. And – for me personally, I would like to have a fantasy football league that accurately reflects the actual value of a player, like what they produce on the field. But that's obviously an unrealistic task when you're yeah. using counting stats. But, you know, to at least get relatively close. Um, one thing that I personally would like to see is I'd like to see pass breakups be a lot more valuable than traditionally, just because um, if you think about it, um, from a just a general perspective of your average corner in the league, you know, a pass break, if they're consistently getting pass breakups, but they're not getting interceptions, then that means that they're consistently covering their man or covering their zone, depending on what defense they play in on a regular basis. And like, that's something that's going to show up on the stat sheet more often than your interception. So like, yeah. you know, I, I personally think that pass breakups is should be like the primary uh, point driver for defensive backs. But uh, what what do you guys think about that? Do you think that there's a better way? Is, I mean, is there a way to incorporate pass breakups? Yes. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's passes defended. So yeah. okay. So and those are included I think, with an interception. So if you get an right, interception, you get a pass defended instantly. Okay. And it stacks. Oh, okay. So I personally, honestly, I think that would be a bad idea. I think that with the limited amount of defensive backs um, that are supposedly, according to the 
Oh god. Projection. According to yeah, according to the projections are that are shown to be higher end. Um I think that incorporating pass breakups would definitely bump some of those guys up a little bit. Some of those guys who aren't Jalen Ramsey but still get targeted and play their position well. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Steven? Yeah, I'm I'm kinda in the same boat. Like I like you said, I kinda wish that there was a better way to do it, but I, I think that's probably the best way to do it. There's no really besides if there were points for like covered their man. <laughs> you know, like I think it's was locked his feel like it I feel like it's gonna take some tweaking and I feel like it'll be it's gonna be hard to really find that fine line of like okay, is it is pass breakups, are they undervalued? Is it really like is it does that give two minutes points? Does it give two less? Or is it kind of, is it like really even, you know, like right. Yeah. And then the the one thing you definitely don't want on defense, because I feel like in de- defensive fantasy it could definitely happen more often. You don't want a guy like an Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey to be a fifty a week guy while right. someone like Fred Warner, who's, you know, it's not like quite generational, 15. but he's, yeah. you know, a yeah. elite starter would be a 15 or 20. Yeah. And, and then it's like, all right, well, whoever has those crazy guys is going to win. Cause right. even yeah. the yeah. offensive players, like, you know, the best week you might have for one player is like a 35, you know, you yeah. occasionally once a season, there'll be a guy that has a 50 point week, but that's one time, you know? Right. My uh, biggest issue with the current system that we have now is everybody in the league knows that Fred Warner is easily like a top five linebacker in the league. Yeah. And I think we have Fred Warner, scoring like 10th or something is that is that about right uh cameron um, i can check real quick he's, yeah he's extremely important to the 49ers defense yes oh, yeah. for sure he was he was out for a couple games and uh <laughs> the niners yeah. gave up a ton of points. it was <laughs> like there was leaks um, everywhere i was watching <laughs> it like i gotta turn the game off <laughs> he played he played every game last year almost Did he? it might have been the year before minnesota that. he missed probably a couple snaps i was but... gonna say i Mostly in the 60s in the there. snap count last year for every game. Oh, okay. Okay, well, good. But, yeah. I mean, even then, I mean, he he had 200 on our current system, which is going to change. He had 200 fantasy points last year. Okay. Yeah, but, that's not enough, in my opinion. But can, well, I don't know. I think it depends on – okay, you got to look at the number one guy. If the number one guy is 250, then yeah, okay, so, that's fair. So, but if the number one guy is 450, like, well, all right, we got to – How was Fulsay Alucoon a better linebacker than him when Fulsay Alucoon almost didn't have a job this year? <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, this yeah. really grinds my gears. Well, they, anyway, well my thing uh, is a guy like um, Trayvon Diggs is about to have a million points a game. Uh, I mean, that's true. I think that's why I've we see really uh, full disclosure. I've seen some huh. clips of Trayvon Diggs in training camp, and it does not look pretty. Oh, yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's got, he's got, he's got butter <laughs> Yeah, so it's which with him maybe missing half of a game or whatever, he's at the bottom of the first page, which I don't, I'm there's like 15, maybe 16, 17 on the first page. I don't okay. feel like counting right now, but Backers. that was where Warner was. But okay. yeah. Alua Kuhn was number one. Yeah. That's for that's for all that's flex. So Okay, that's flex. Okay. Defensive flex? Uh yes. Okay. All right. So yeah, Alua Kuhn or whatever. Yeah. See, I don't even know how to say his name because I've hardly ever heard of him. Yeah, it's Bolse Alukun. The only reason why I know is because there was a lot of people in the uh, New York New York Jet community that were talking that we might end up signing him in the free agency. But that was on like a they were talking like he'd make like seven million bucks a year, which is 
absolutely nothing when you're talking linebackers. Yeah. Hey, man. So, wait, what's considered flex? Linebacker, corner? And it's any position. Yeah, we have. Oh, that, oh, we're doing it. Anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah we did yeah, combined so. as well because you can do, um, like, defensive end and defensive tackle. And then yeah. okay. you can also do corner and safety, but we combined. So, we're doing like line, uh, linebacker, and DB. I'd be, be a lot to separate divisions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would be lost. I would lose but, every week. Yeah, a little <laughs> I mean – you would be Bro, losing full had, trying to make a draft board. The reason why, <laughs> I mean, this dude was putting up like he put up more than TJ Watt last year, okay? Which doesn't like on our someone. current system. But he had 192 tackles. I mean, he yeah. almost eclipsed 200, which is. And you know why he had all those tackles? Because they suck. Exactly. <laughs> Who? Wait. Who do you play the, for? The Jags. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was probably the only dude out there running. Or maybe wait. Was no, he, he on was on Atlanta last year? He was yeah, he's on Atlanta. Oh, even better. It's even worse. And then now he's on the Jags. Yeah, and now he's on the Jags. Oh, so, so you know, I might have to pick him up then. <laughs> Situation <Yeah>. number two. <laughs> no, but in all, so yeah, kind of going off of this, like obviously our our scoring system is nowhere near perfect, and it won't be perfect. I mean, I don't think it's even possible to get it perfect. But with yep. that said, um, if we looked at uh the value of like defensive linemen versus linebackers versus corners um in y'all's opinion where do you see defensive value like the positional value for these defensive players like do you think that edge rushers should be the most valuable do you I was think linebackers say, yeah, do you think corners like where where do y'all think where, where do y'all think steven says edge rushers what, uh, yeah what i'd think? say edge rushers that's also because i'm a niners fan and we have good ones so i'd pick any of them up well, I mean, y'all have a good defense, so there, there's there's evidence to support that. But what, what do you think, Toby? I think probably – I really think the linebackers have the most room for upside as far mm-hmm. as points. Yeah, for um, the scoring. Really, but I'm talking regular football. I'm talking regular football. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Probably, prob- probably edge rushers. Prob- prob- they're, I mean, you're going to get a lot of – I mean, a lot of tackles, sacks. Yeah. I mean – I mean, they're realistically the ones that put the pressure on the game. Yeah. Uh, you got the to you set, you you set the tone of the line. Exactly. That's true. Trenches right. is where you win the game. All right. What do you think, Cameron? Um, I Edge rushers and then middle linebackers, essentially. Cause, so, okay. I mean, middle linebackers are going to stuff and get a lot of tackles. And then, you, I mean, your edge rushers, you're also getting probably a lot more forced fumbles. As you're like the first one of the ball, a lot of the time. Maybe not recoveries, but definitely. I mean, far, you guys, yeah, exactly. You got to start. To, I mean, you're the defensive line really set. Got to set the tone for the game. You got to put the pressure on the quarterback, which makes it easier on the guys downfield, your corners, your safeties, your linebackers. Makes it easier on them because, I mean, you're putting pressure. I mean, quarterbacks make bad throws under pressure. I mean, unless yep. you're Tom Brady or these high level guys who I mean are able to make good throws under pressure. I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks in the league are going to have a hard time. Yeah, that's very true. There's maybe three that I can think of where under pressure they throw it just as well. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, if you look like just in general of like like, uh, DPOY voting every Mm -hmm. year, yeah, it's almost always like – Edge rushers. Yeah, edge rushers or Aaron Donald. (laughs) Yeah, I mean (laughs) – I mean, that's how it is. Edge rusher, but he's he's a pass rusher. Yeah, he's still a pass rusher, so, so that's really what y'all are really driving at, I think. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think that's fair because, like, yeah, okay, getting a tackle is nice, but 
getting a sack is better. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. Okay, so how now, do you have it set up right now? What is what is it? Tackle linebackers are the most. Okay, well, uh, it's like tackle, tackle, solo tackle and sack. One point five. So okay. solo tackles is one point five, and sack is four. Um, okay. But to just okay. just to kind of play a little bit of devil's advocate here for what y'all are saying, mm. I, I what y'all says makes a lot of sense. But, but. let me let me ask, <laughs> let me ask you this. So, how valuable do you think wide receivers are to offenses? Hypothetically, oh, I'm the wrong person. Um, That's not very valuable. Depends. It depends what team we're talking fantasy about. Fantasy or regular, regular football? football? We're talking regular football because ideally we want to shape that. our fantasy environment to regular football. I think um, if you got a good quarterback and running back, you can win at least half the games. A 70 30, 70 being but, quarterback, 30 but. your wide receiver. I'd, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What do you think? That's, that's pretty close. I mean, look, steak, former Packer guy. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on former. <laughs> um, I mean, look, the Packers the past two years have won at least 13 football games with, off the f- foot of Aaron Rodgers and <laughs> Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. <laughs> and they've won 13 games with a, with a mediocre defense and – Above level, above average offense with one of the best passers ever to play the game, and uh, one of the best wide receivers and a extremely solid running back. I mean, most of that comes from I mean Aaron Jones setting the tone, being able to open up the field, and I mean every play there's somebody worried about where's Devonta Adams going. Is there? Is he going to get the ball? I mean, that opens yeah. up a lot of the field. So I mean, I, I think a 70-30 split is. I mean, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a facilitator. He's got to make that call when what he's what they got to do. And I think it's a. I'd probably say sixty forty, maybe sixty forty. Okay. Yeah, it's in that range. All right. Yeah, so, how much of that is attributed to your offensive line? Do you think? Oof. Of a lot. Play. At least not as much as running, but still a decent amount. But I mean. We can't really do O line, which right, yeah, we we can't do O line, but 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 here's really where I'm what I'm driving at. Okay, is like, all right, so we've basically said that it's about a 65 percent proposition for the quarterback, and uh 30 to 35 percent um proposition for the wide receiver in terms of a successful pass play, and a mix of that. Let's let's say we're not going to take away from wide receiver because. Let's be honest. The wide receiver is going to run the same route regardless of how bad his offensive line is, you know, with that particular play. So let's let's think about it from this perspective. Let's say half of uh, let's say half of the quarter or half of the play is on the quarterback, the pass play. So then we're saying that fifty percent is on the quarterback. We're saying that thirty-five or thirty percent is on the wide receiver. So then that's eighty or eighty-five percent. Now we're talking about twenty twenty-five percent. Is associated with your offensive line. Is that does that math check out, or is it fifteen percent, ten or ten or fifteen percent? Someone, um, someone, fact check me on that. But here's I need you to repeat it. There are a lot of numbers I, really I quickly. Yeah. Here's, here's the main thing that I'm driving at. So if we're saying that the offensive line is only worth about a quarter of a pass play, let's let's just call it a quarter of a pass play, mm-hmm. and that means that the edge rusher shouldn't get credit for over a quarter See, I, I don't agree i don't okay agree with that, so you though. don't agree all right so let's let's because let me say i don't agree 
because of the fact that a good edge rusher is not just disrupting the line. Like the, the point of a good edge rusher that, I mean, they don't really care about the line, you know, they, they got to get through them obviously, but the whole point of a good edge rusher is to freak out the freaking quarterback. Okay. So who does the edge rusher have to beat? Does he have to beat the quarterback or does he have to beat the offensive lineman? One tackle at full speed. Then he's around him in a second and a half. <laughs> and then it's, what? I mean, he, he, okay. TJ Watt, obviously superstar, whatever. Yep. Compared to, okay, him and Miles Garrett. Okay. And I'm sure there's, you know, a couple other edge rushers that are up there, but okay. Let's say you're TJ Watt and you're on the field, you're healthy on the field. You give the quarterback probably on average, like three seconds. Yeah. If you're that phenomenal of a player, right? Yeah. Like that is three. Okay. And I mean, you, he's got to wait for a play to develop most of the time. So, I mean, unless you're, you know, you're going to have to dump off the ball quite a bit if he's healthy and you can't keep him down in that game. Right. Okay. So, I mean, yes, I think like edge rushers are, I mean, I, I guess they're battling with both, but at the end of the day, he's going to have to fight the tackle first and yeah. foremost. Right. Yeah. So, we, we know this for a fact, that the edge rusher should be worth at least 25% of, at least, the, yes. of, of the defensive yards gained, which would be defensive – which would be offensive yards lost in this yes. scenario. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're going to give – we're going to give the edge rusher at least 25% of the credit. And then now we have to ask ourselves, well, if we're going to give the edge rusher 25% of the credit, then that means we have to give the – the defensive backs who are covering the wide receivers, we have to give them at least 35% of the credit because we're giving the wide receiver 35% of the credit for offensive plays. See what I'm saying? I see. I think, I think the wide receivers and the running backs really, their percent really, I think it should be anywhere over 20%. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's about, I'd say probably uh, 40% on the quarterback. I'd say probably, 30, 30% on the line, mm -hmm. 70%. So I'd say, and then 15, wide receiver, 15 running back. Okay. That's probably, That's fair. probably fair. But tight ends lumped in with them as well. Tight, yeah, yeah tight they're just receivers. receivers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's probably. Because, I mean, because look, obviously it's, on, obviously it's on the quarterback to call the play. I right. Mean, they, they audible, whatever. They got to make a decision on the line. Mm -hmm. So you're, if the line doesn't hold up and if they don't hold up their 30 percent of the bargain then i mean what the the play receiver is not going to they're not going to get the ball yeah. or the running back's not so, going to have a hole you know it's just, it's just it's i think i think also kind of kind of going off of that it's if we want to think about it kind of like in terms of baseball and you know a war perspective yeah, <laughs> a war yeah, perspective yeah. like it's a lot easier to replace a running back or a wide receiver than it is to replace an O-lineman or a quarterback, especially a quarterback. But good O-lineman, like, I mean, you're – it's a lot tougher to replace a guard than a freaking wide receiver. But, okay, so here's the question. Okay, Jay – okay, well, let me not say – who is the best defensive back, safety or corner? Who would you say? Um, Who – does anybody else want to go or should I go first? No, you go first. Good. Last year, I think it was J.C. Jackson, but I mean Jalen Ramsey has been pretty consistent. So one of those two guys. Okay, and we would say that T.J. is the best edge russer. Yeah, yeah, Miles yeah. Garrett. Yeah, but yeah. T.J. I think last year overtook that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, okay. he had 22 and a half sacks. So right? would you say that TJ Watt is more important on a defense? Just, okay, throw him on the field, a random team. doesn't have to be the Steelers, whatever. And same mm-hmm. with Jalen Ramsey. Would you say that TJ Watt is more important than Jalen Ramsey? Yes. What do you think, Toby? Uh, I think so. I think so. I've seen Jalen Ramsey get cooked I, multiple times. I think <laughs> <laughs> just, we're, not, we're not talking specifically necessarily about just Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, it just okay, top DB in the league. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd so. Still, I'd still say yes. I think so because okay, you can you can get away with an average DB in my opinion because mm-hmm. a lot of teams do it. Like nobody has two number one corners in most scenarios. No. I mean, who's who's on the opposite side the of Jalen Ramsey? I don't know who who their DB. second DB is. No idea. Do you know who it is, Gabe? Not off the top of my head, but I'll find out what his PFF grade is. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure he's he's probably an average DB. Which, I mean, there's multiple teams that have two average DBs, right? But I feel like the drop-off between Jalen Ramsey and a DB that can get can bat down a pass, you know, doesn't give up 400 yards a game, whatever. <laughs> there's a steep drop-off there between a guy that can get 20-plus sacks in a year and a, the next average oh, yeah. guy that gets, like, five. Yep. The uh, number two corner for Los Angeles is David Long Jr., who has a average PFF grade. Okay. one average. So I mean, I, I mean, I feel like an average edge, like they're getting like five sacks in a season, maybe, yeah. maybe ten, probably not ten. I was gonna say probably yeah, five anywhere from like five to eight. And I mean, obviously, like, but see, that's why it's kind of hard though because TJ is such an outlier. Like, yeah. So average, wait, okay, so say someone like Nick Bosa, like the average elite guy is like 15, okay. 16. Yes, probably. Like 12 to 16, I would okay, say. Okay, so range. I feel all like right, that's probably right. a better yeah. comparison. It's this, hard to compare against generational players. Like So so yeah. now we're talking now we're talking about like the stats and um, like what differentiates between like an outlier player and what makes an elite player. So let me let me propose a question to you guys on this. Okay. So um, we're saying that Sachs is like – the best thing, the best possible outcome an edge rusher can can have, right? Like besides a just, fumble, besides, besides a, fumble, a strip yeah. sack, besides a strip sack, yeah. Like yeah. strip sack is the ultimate is the ultimate prize. Yeah. yeah. So the end result of a strip sack is it's a turnover and six points. Okay. Yeah. And then the end result for um, the best possible play a defensive back can create is a pick six, right? Yeah. Like yes. And it's the same thing. So then, Correct. so then. Why don't we look at it from this perspective? Why don't we say, okay, a pass breakup is just is not quite as good as a sack, but it's still worth a similar value in the respect that if you get a pass breakup on first and 10, okay, mm-hmm. then that's second and 10. The sticks don't change. Now, if you get a sack on first and 10, you're probably sacking him for a loss of anywhere between five and seven yards. Okay, so that, so yeah, that's more valuable, right? Like that's more valuable. But then, if you if you stack the fact that there's so many more pass breakups than there are sacks, like who who ends up being more valuable in terms of yards? Does that make sense? Like, um, I, let's we have the pass yes, breakups. On I understand. I, but, I understand that argument. But, but even if he's not getting a sack, he's still causing turnovers or anything like pressure. He's pressure. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, if in a league causing a quarterback pressure is allowed. And he's, he's also indirectly helping the DB. Exactly. 
I think, if it's yeah. a bad pass yeah. because he pressured. Exactly. And then the DB gets a pass breakup because of it, not him. Upping, upping the chance for an interception. So yeah. on yeah. the flip side of this, if you have DBs that are locked down, then that's also giving the edge rusher time to get a sack. Yes, yeah, so I, I agree. Hold on the ball too long because nobody's open. But also, that's that's probably a quarterback making an error because I would guarantee that there's at least one player on the field that is open. Yeah, that's also true. Or close to it. See, I don't know. Because if you because if you have Jalen Ramsey, okay, let's say he's locking down somebody. Okay, they're playing the Bengals, right? Jalen Ramsey has T Higgins locked down. I know I know who this average <laughs> DB is not locking Jamar Chase down or no, whoever. I think I think your argument would hold more water if we were talking Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey and then yeah. uh David Long on average, David but... Long on T Higgins, which yeah, absolutely David Long is not gonna be able to hang with T Higgins. I'll give you that. But you also have to remember there's two there's two safeties on the field as well. Yes. But that also brings me to the fact that they also okay. So on average, there's four, five DBs, four DBs. There's uh, two corners and two safeties, and then if you're playing nickel, you have a slot corner. Okay, so up to five. Yeah. How many five. edges do you have on a field at one time? You're gonna have two, two traditional edge rushers, but the Rams, technically, if you want to talk about technique, I would call Donald and Robinson also defensive ends. So. I mean, you you can technically have four depending on what defense you're playing. But generally, you're going to have two edge rushers, and no matter what, you have four DBs. That's true. I see. So, okay, so I just, I mean, I see like an edge rusher is more valuable. Plus, I mean, there's also salaries, and edge rushers get paid. Yeah, and edge, edge rushers most definitely get paid more than defensive backs. I'm not arguing that whatsoever. They they do make more money. So, I mean, that's that's my only thing. Okay. Like, so, I, I mean, there's no doubt that I don't think DBs aren't valuable. I'm just so, saying yeah. that. Are you saying that – Are so are you saying that edge rushers should be – should account for, like, half the proposition? Or are you saying they should account for, like, 40% of the pass proposition and then give some of the credit to the linebackers and some of it to the DBs? Like, what, what are we what are we thinking the breakdown here? I'm thinking 60-40. Yeah. And we're just not going to give 50, linebackers any credit for No, I'd say 50, 25, 25, or 40, I don't think 20, 20. Get, I don't think linebackers should get 25% of pass coverage. Okay. Linebackers are traditionally terrible. Then at pass let's, let's call it 50, 30, 20, or 50, 35, 15. Yeah, that's fair. That's probably fair. Probably. But then, of course, you know, defensive backs are traditionally – not valuable in the run game. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if you're going to have a good run defense, everybody has to be committed to the run fits. But, yeah, I mean, it's ultimately up on the defensive linemen and the linebackers to make sure nobody pops through. You yeah. Know? So, I don't but, know. So, um, okay, I don't know off the top of my head. Do safeties also get paid more? Um, than corners? No, corners make more than safeties. Yeah. Okay. Corners I think corners safety. are the. The, I think safeties are the least paid guys on the. Defense. It's them and linebackers. Um, Landon they're, Collins, they're glorified linebackers. Doesn't Fred Warner get an absolute bag though? He does. That's the thing. Him and C.J. Mosley both make like a ton of money. Now Fred Warner's a much better linebacker than C.J. Mosley, but the is, the point is, is like most of the time you're gonna see a safety 
max out at like 18 million a year. I think Jamal Adams was like the last guy that just got an absolute bag. Look, yeah. look how that played out for Seattle. Minka, Minka just got paid. How much did he get? Oh, how much did he get? Uh, 18.6, mm. I think. Which is about how much um a linebacker gets paid. I like will tell you in just a second. Jamal uh, Adams. That sounds paid. right to me. Facts, Toby. Uh, see, I don't know with like signing bonus and cash and whatever. We're, we're just looking at AAV. But man. yeah, I think I think he got 18.4 is what he got. Yeah, and he's like top flight safety. Yeah. And I think CJ Mosley got 18.6 a year. So like the league, the, the GMs are saying that linebackers and safeties are roughly worth the same, but you, you routinely see corners make upwards of $20 million AAV, like the Jalen Ramsey's of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say that really where we should be targeting the defensive value is we should be valuing the corners and the edge rushers. Edge rushers first and foremost, because you, all three of you agree that edge rushers are better. And like, I'm the only one that's playing devil's advocate. You know, oh, so, we're not playing devil's advocate. Do you agree or not? I would say that because, <laughs> because, because now I'm curious. So much, because there's so much research done by Pro Football Focus, mm-hmm. they talk about the passing game being the most important aspect of a defense, and sure. because edge rushers are close to the ball, they can also affect the run game as well, which helps. So if you're going to say it's a 50-50 proposition on the pass game, hypothetically, then you're going to give the nod to the edge rushers because if you've got an edge rusher that can't defend the run, that's going to kill you. Versus whether or not a corner can defend the run isn't nearly as valuable. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd, I'd say edge rushers are more important. But it's a very you can you can build a defense back to front and be successful, and you can also build a defense front to back and be successful. Because either way, you're probably not paying the linebackers regardless. Yeah. yeah. No offense to the best linebackers in the league, but that's just how I see. I was it. gonna say it's just yeah. a fact at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, well, I just, love your linebackers though. That's one of the funnest positions to watch because they they're all over the place. Facts. I love. Them. Well, guys. Uh, we had two more topics today, but we uh, <laughs> we very much enjoyed all of our topics today. So I think on that note, I've been your host, Stevie J. I'm Gabe. We have Gabe and I'm Toby. Cam. Cam Toby. and Toby. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it, guys. We hope you liked it. See you all next week.